Testing, one, two, testing. Um, is that recording? Looks like it. Um, well, looks like I'm rolling, so, um, good. It's the beacon. Um, sorry if that intro was a little rough there. I haven't really done any sort of recording before outside of, like, making cat videos, so I don't entirely know what I'm doing with this yet. Because, you know, it's one thing to say you're going to do a podcast, it's another thing to spend two weeks solid learning everything you can about podcasting and... It's an even more anxiety-inducing thing to actually sit down in front of that microphone and try to spin those things you thought were podcast-worthy into an actual, um, podcast thing. That sounded kind of weird, didn't it? Um, I should probably just get to the point then before I lose all of you completely. So, here's the thing. I think I have superpowers. I should probably clarify that. I don't mean I think I have superpowers in the sense of I correctly guessed what they were going to serve in the cafeteria for lunch, and I think that means I can see the future. I mean it in the sense of I can start fires with my mind, and I don't know whether to call it superpowers, or if that's just too childish and also a fundamental misunderstanding of what these powers are. Hey, I should probably say what this podcast is and who I am, shouldn't I? I guess I'll say then that this podcast is called The Beacon, and that I'm your host. You can call me B. Um, it's just kind of a code name. I'd rather not have people finding me based on this info, since that could make things, um, even more complicated than they are right now, so, um, I'd, I'd rather just be... be. But, um, I think I can at least tell you a little bit about myself without giving too much away. Build that host-listener relationship and all. <laughs> um... So, um, uh, I'm in the middle of my second year at college, and I'm about halfway through a degree in communication studies. I, I love pop culture studies, and I hate public speaking. And, um, uh, let's see, what else is there? Um, I guess I'm kind of a substandard student. I'm not failing out of any classes, um, uh, at, at least not yet. But I don't exactly put my best foot forward in all my subjects. I mean, I always just figured it's probably not going to matter in 20 years if I got a C instead of a B in Statistics 101, so why bother with the extra effort, right? I'm not really involved in any extracurriculars either. No ensembles or sports or clubs or anything. I mean, aside from 
anime club, which I show up to sometimes, but mostly because they have, like, decent snacks there. Um, in short, I, I guess I'm just not the kind of student you'd want to slap on the cover of a college brochure or, or anything. And that's probably for the best at this point. At least now I'm not going to have any kind of Buffy has to quit the cheerleading squad because she can't balance cheering with slaying type situation. Because you always hate when that happens in a show, right? When the main character has to give up all their friends and favorite things for the sake of doing good, right? Well, good news for us, that can't happen if I don't have anything to give up. <laughs> um... Well, so, I suppose I should say exactly what happened that led me here to this microphone, claiming to a bunch of strangers on the internet that I have weird and magical powers. And part of that I can do by sitting here and laying it out for you. And part of it I can also do by playing you some of the audio from when it happened. Um, see, because... General education classes exist, and because they are evil, everyone, regardless of their major, has to take at least one natural world science class. Even someone like me, who knows more about, um, more about, um, some pop culture thing than some science thing. Anyway, to get to that, um, science requirement out of the way, I signed up this year for the easiest science class in the most bearable time slot, which for me was a 9.30am intro to entomology class. You know, bug studies. Since it's a class that involves a lot of um, practical labs like dissecting crickets and looking through microscopes at some really unsettling anatomy, it hasn't exactly been my favorite subject. There were a lot of class periods I ended up just skipping because I didn't want to learn firsthand what the inside of a butterfly looks like. And even if I was skipping, my grade in the class should have been fine. It's just that my first project in there wasn't, um, hugely successful. Let's just say there was, um, an incident involving a caterpillar I was supposed to be raising, and afterwards I I didn't really feel like reporting on my failure as a caterpillar mom. With that bad grade and my lab absences, I knew if I didn't score well in my next major project, I would probably fail the class and have to take another dumb science lab, which at the time seemed like the worst possible outcome to me. The assignment should have been simple enough. Collect 20 native insect species and identify and display them. And it did go okay at first. I got some easy catches, some flies and gnats and beetles I found in the dorm room kitchen. Problem is, it's already mid-fall around here and bugs are dying off by the truckload. I knew that if I was going to complete this project, I would have to widen my search area and actually take advantage of all the land the school has for this kind of research. In normal circumstances, that would have been a good idea. 
it's not as though I live in a dangerous area, so it's totally normal for people to go out alone without having to worry about much of anything attacking them. And regardless, I, I thought I was being careful. I told my roommate where I was going. I brought a big heavy flashlight with me and my Swiss army knife. And I even borrowed the recorder my bug professor uses for field notes. You know, in case I wanted to take some of my own. And thankfully I did. Thankfully, I recorded everything. I think if I hadn't, I wouldn't even believe it myself. Because, you see, well, I'll just play some of the recording for you. This was just a little after sunset, and, um, I think I was getting a little bored out there. Captain's Log, Stardate 1135-4. I have been lost in the dangerous wilds of Insectopia for a nearly incalculable hour and a half. Both supplies and morale are running low. Further study of this planet's strange inhabitants may be required on another day. Captain out. You get the picture. I was more bored than cautious at this point, and I wasn't being careful of my surroundings. I, I was even thinking about putting on my headphones to help deal with the boredness. Thankfully, I didn't, though, because, um, this is what happened a few minutes later. I was on the trail of a cricket when I heard something behind me. I'd already gotten used to a lot of the sounds in the forest, all the rustling leaves in the wind and the squirrels scrabbling around, but that snap was too loud to be any of them. After a moment, I hadn't heard anything else, so I turned back to my bugs. But I did at least flip out the biggest knife attachment, just to be safe. Then, I heard it again. Okay, who's there? I've got a knife, you know. I'm not scared of you. Oh god. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Oh god. Oh. Oh. what happened. First of all, I just want you to know that I wasn't doing this thinking I was telling a wolf or a bear or something. I wasn't scared of it. I, I thought it was just another 
research student or some jerk trying to spook me. After I heard that snap, I looked around the forest for what felt like ages. I was certain at first that I must have been going crazy just hearing things. Then I shone my flashlight at a patch of darkness and caught the light on something. A pair of big yellow eyes that glowed sickly yellow. Whatever that thing was, it, it was huge. Bigger than a wolf. Bigger than a bear. As, as big as, like, a Clydesdale or something. Um, I know that doesn't exactly sound like the most intimidating comparison, but, um, like, have you, have you ever actually seen how big a Clydesdale is in comparison to a human? It's, it's big. Anyway, that thing jumped out at me from behind the bushes, and at first I thought it was a wolf. It was kind of shaped like one, with those big jaws and claws, but I doubted that, because when I shone my flashlight on its underbelly, I think I caught sight of of maybe scales instead of fur. Or maybe there was fur too, I don't know. With it leaping at me and all, I was kind of more concerned in the moment with how it was going to maim me before I died than how it looked. I swung my arm at it, thinking I could at least maybe get in a hit with my knife and give myself a small chance to get away. Problem is, I was in such a panic, I kind of swung the wrong arm, and I ended up using my flashlight as the weapon instead of the knife. I also swung it way too soon to be able to hit it, or at least it, it should have been too soon. See, when I, when I swung my flashlight, something else happened. Despite all my fear, I was, I was angry. I was thinking I was going to die for such stupid circumstances, being some kind of horror movie opening cliché, all because of some stupid bug project for a class I didn't even want to be in. I swear I'm not the type who gets mad that often, but that thought just made me furious, and that fury was what took over in that moment. I felt the heat of it in my stomach, and then it filled my chest, and, and then it felt like it burst through my arm. When I swung my flashlight, I swung it with the heat of that feeling, and I think because of that, I didn't just flash that monster with an ineffective beam of light. There were flames coming out of that flashlight. Those flames hit the monster straight across the chest, and it screamed in pain before landing off course. It was still whimpering and distracted as it tried to use a paw to rub out the flames from its muzzle. My flashlight died then, and I had to drop it because it was suddenly burning hot in my hand. The only light left around us was a few patches of leaves that had caught on fire, too. The monster was only down with its burns for a second, and as soon as it was ready, it took another shot at me. It leapt again, even closer this time, but even though I was still super confused over the whole flames from nowhere thing, I knew I'd already hurt this thing once, and now I could actually have a chance to fight it off. I felt 
powerful in that moment, and that power started to well up in my hand, just like the heat and the anger from earlier. When that monster jumped at me again, I swung at it, with the right weapon this time, and as I swung my little pocket knife with all the power surging into my arm, this brilliant yellow slash of of light or pure energy something came out in an arc. It slashed the wolf thing across one of its shoulders, even harder than the fire. I, I could tell how powerful it was because it drew enough blood to douse one of the fires on the ground. And apparently that was enough to make the monster decide I wasn't worth coming after because after that it screamed again and turned tail running off into the darkness. And, um, that's about it for the recording. Um, you know, along with the... What the fuck? I was understandably confused at the time, and I, I still kind of am. I was stalked and attacked by a giant wolf-lizard hybrid thing for no apparent reason. Then I was also able to fight back with fire and energy blasts, neither of which should be possible, by the way, in, in case you didn't already know that. Um, but even with all that afterwards, I was just tired, like I'd run a marathon or something. And it's not like I had anything else I could do, so I just, um, shoved everything I could into my bag and hightailed it out of there. That was two weeks ago, and since then things have been, um, difficult, to say the least. After that night in the forest, nothing in the rest of my life had changed. The very next day, I still woke up with the same roommate, attended the same classes, worked in the same cafe, but all of it felt surreal, as if that wolf thing had actually knocked me out and I'd woken up in a dream world where everything felt just sort of muffled and slightly distant. Although that may have actually just been the sleep deprivation. I didn't sleep at all the night I was attacked and hardly any of the night after either. I couldn't close my eyes without thinking about what I'd seen of the wolf thing and how close I'd probably come to dying. I mean, that's... That's still terrifying to think about, and this is the first time I've really gotten to say it out loud. I nearly died. And I, I'm not even sure if anyone would have known if I had. I, I don't know what would have happened to, to me if... Um, yeah, no, never mind. Never mind. Anyway, I also couldn't stop thinking about what I'd done, and questioning if I'd even done it, if any of it had been real. I was too terrified those first couple days to even look at the evidence from that night, just in case I, I wouldn't see it, and it'd just turn out to be some big hallucination or something. But eventually, I, I had to make myself look back. It was making me just as nervous to try to ignore it all, I confirmed it by looking over everything that had happened to my stuff first. My flashlight from that night was still melted from the inside out, as if it had 
malfunctioned and caught fire. My knife was mostly intact, but a little warped along the edges, as if it had been exposed to some intense heat. Like you heard, too, I still had that recording, so it was pretty hard to try to refute that. By the way, I basically ended up stealing the recorder. I told my professor I lost it, and he had to put it on my tuition bill. I'm going to have to explain that to my mom later, but no way could I risk my professor recovering that recording. I've still been too afraid to go back to that forest to see if I can find the burnt stuff I left behind. Not because I'm afraid I won't find it anymore, but because I'm afraid now the wolf lizard will find me again. I still haven't heard reports from anyone about a giant, unidentified creature, wounded or dead, showing up anywhere, but even without that, I, I just know it's still out there. Something like that just doesn't go away. I mean, at, at least I, I think it doesn't. I don't really have any basis for comparison. The day after I checked on my equipment, I decided to try to, um, experiment a little. That day I headed out to the prairies beyond the archery range, where it's usually pretty devoid of other students. I took my new recorder with me, as well as my pocket knife, and a second much bigger bread knife I admittedly also stole from the cafeteria. Once I was alone out there, I started recording, and I tried to make magic happen. I won't subject you to most of those recordings. Honestly, it was a lot of, um, well, you know that one scene in the first Spider-Man movie? You know, that, um, scene where he's trying to figure out how to shoot web on purpose? Yeah, it was a lot of that. A lot of just, like, punching and swinging and grunting and just, like, trying to recreate what I did when I made that fire and energy stuff. I tried that for about half an hour, at which point I was feeling both tired and stupid enough that I decided I needed a break. If that doesn't sound like a lot, believe me, I know. I am not exactly what the kids like to call in shape. But I, I still reason you, you can't make magic on an empty stomach. I opened my bag and tried to pull out the muffin I'd brought along for a snack. Except somehow I managed to fumble it and drop it straight into the dirt. I'm not super picky about germs, so if I'd wanted to, I just as easily could have picked it up and eaten it. But after all my failure that day, I just got really irrationally angry. Like, steaming and fuming angry. And as I stood there stewing in that anger, I felt that heat welling up in me again. And I began to recognize that heat. And I figured, maybe, don't get mad, make magic. Okay, let's do this, let's do this. Feel the fire, feel the fire. Burn like the fire. Crackling, flickering, flaming. Burn.
I made the fire appear out of thin air, just with my mind or magic or, or superpowers. Eventually, I had to just let it disappear because it was getting a little too big in my hands and I was worried about starting a fire in the prairie or something, but I still did it. Suddenly, it felt like all the fog from the last few days was clearing because I found out I have this power that I'm not exactly sure what I can do with it yet or what I should do, but it just makes me f feel like, like I can do something incredible. Or, or maybe it just made me feel not totally helpless anymore. And that felt good too. I don't know. It's, it's left me with a lot of questions. Like I said, I don't know what this power is. I don't know why I have it, and as far as I know, I haven't experienced any radioactive spider bites lately, so there doesn't seem to be any direct cause for it. There's also the fact that I don't have anyone in real life who I can talk to about this. I don't know who I can trust to both believe me and keep this a secret, and to be honest, it's been kind of wearing on me. And finally, I just feel certain that I can't be the only one. It just wouldn't make sense, right? If the only things out there that break the rules of reality were me and that monster, right? I know there have to be others, and I'm hoping that by now, at least a few of you listening know that too. I know at this point, most of you listening must be thinking that this is just a show. Just fiction. And maybe that's for the best. The fewer people who think this is real and come asking questions, the better. But I hope, I hope this can reach at least one person who's going through the same things and is suddenly realizing they're not the only one. Because, um, that's, that's really why I'm doing this show. This is it. This is the beacon. This is the signal that if you're going through the same danger and confusion right now and discovering you can do things you thought were impossible, then know that you are not the only one. I'm just as scared and confused as you probably are, but my hope for this show is that you'll hear it and we can find each other. And maybe in a few weeks, I won't have to annoy the listeners with just my voice anymore. For now, that's, um, about all I have to say. I've got a lot of work to do now, including begging my bug professor for an extension on that report. I'll try to update soon, but, um, until next time, this is The Beacon. Reminding you that you are not alone. And I hope this works. The Beacon is written and produced by Claudia Elvidge. 
the voice of the monster is Matimali. For more information, visit thebeaconpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at thebeaconpod.com.